Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Armies, episode 124. Hey, Richers, this is Hayut. A new week, a new podcast, and I'm so happy to be here with you. In today's episode, we are going to talk about how the way you started your entrepreneurial business affects your success and get the best advice from four successful entrepreneurs that started their entrepreneurship by discovering a market opportunity. Before we will hear their stories and best advice, I recommend you to get my free guide that gives five actionable tips from the daily routine of most successful entrepreneurs. Go to richomiss.com homepage. You will find it there. And now, let's meet our guests today. The level of success you achieve and how quickly it will happen depend on how you started your entrepreneurship. The best advice from Dr. Kevin Gazzara, Diana Lozano, Roy Saturn, and Deepak Shukla can help your business succeed more quickly and substantially. Entrepreneurship starts in different ways. However, there is something special about those who saw an opportunity and decided to focus on a new direction. Their journey to success is different from the journey of those to whom entrepreneurship simply happened, and totally different from startups that raised money to develop an entrepreneurial enterprise from an idea. In today's episode, I share with you the best advice from four entrepreneurs. I believe that no matter how you became an entrepreneur, the perspective of Dr. Kevin Gazzara, Diana Lozano, Roy Sutton, and Deepak Shukla can provide a new perspective on taking your business to higher levels. Before he left his 18 years career at Intel, Dr. Kevin Gazzara's research discovered five things any entrepreneur needs to become successful. Dr. Kevin Gazzara has spent the last 30 plus years in program management, leadership, organizational development, courseware development, executive coaching, and teaching in both public and private sectors, spanning from heavy equipment to high tech. He is currently a senior partner at Magna Leadership Solutions LLC, based in Phoenix, Arizona, which provides business workshops, facilitation, assessments, and executive coaching services worldwide. Kevin worked for Intel Corporation for 18 years, holding management positions for management and leadership development, Intel University for the U.S., the Graduate Rotation Program, mentoring programs for Intel's Worldwide Human Resources Organization, and more. Dr. Gazzara is also a faculty at Grand Canyon University, 
University of Phoenix, Drexel University, and Ohio College. In 2007, he received the Future HR Leader Awards from Human Capital Magazine for the Task Quotient Assessment. Workforce Magazine has recognized him for his international leadership development programs. Dr. Kevin Gazzara, hi! Hi, Ayut, how are you? I'm so great, and I'm so happy to talk with you. How great it is. It's a wonderful chance for me to talk to some of my fellow friends and uh, people in Israel where I just returned from. Kevin, what would be your best advice to entrepreneurs, those who just either established something that they took from their early 9-to-5 jobs or those who just invented some technology, new things? What would be your best advice to them? Well, it's interesting because I get this question quite a bit. And before I and my two colleagues left Intel, we spent a lot of time talking about our exit from the corporate world yeah. and what was necessary. And fortunately enough, I am part of a, a network that we, we do a lot of assessments and we work with a company called Target Training International. And they provide assessments such as DISC and values and emotional intelligence and leadership. Mm -hmm. And we've been working with them for almost 20 years now. And oh. they have a network of about 8,000, uh, they call them value-added associates, or they're really distributors of their product. So, <laughs> so I've had access to that network even before I left Intel, and, and I met some amazing people there. So I found about a dozen or so of the most successful entrepreneurs who had either built their business on their own or had left the corporate world to go start their next phase of life. And I wanted to know, because uh, I'm a researcher, mm -hmm. and my background is in engineering. When I did all my doctoral research, I really like making sure that I make good informed decisions, not just uh, irrational decisions. And, sure. and there were five things that came up as uh, a consistent pattern with all of the successful entrepreneurs that I talked to. And they said, you really need five things in order to be successful yeah. to make that leap to come out of the corporate world. And the first one they had said, and these are in no particular order. The first one was, is, is that you have to have what they called a shtick or something unique that you offer that nobody else does, right? Something unique about you. And it might not be just one thing, but it might be hmm. uh, multiple things. Okay. And for me, it was, you know, I had a technical background. My interest was in leadership and doing training and development. And what I found is, is there's not a lot of people doing training that come from the engineer you know, the product development world. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, sure. so that was the first thing. So that, and, and on top of that, you know, also kind of having a doctorate in, in leadership as well as in engineering. So that's an unusual hmm. combination. So that was, that was the first item. So that was my, um, you know, unique Stick. kind of shtick, right? And the second thing they said was that you have to have a network. And not only do you have to have the network, but you have to be able to tap into your network in order to to get uh, work, uh, get your name out there, uh, and build and grow your business. So, so the fortunate thing is, since I knew this early on, several years before I left. I did a very, very consciously active job of developing a network both inside Intel and outside Intel through speaking and 
coaching and, and so forth. So that was the second piece. The third piece that they told me yeah. was that you need a social presence, that you need to be out there, whether it's hmm. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Google, uh, web pages, whatever, that you have to have a presence there so that when people, if they're looking for you and they want to be able to determine whether you're a good fit or whether even legitimate, that if you don't have that, that it makes mm. it very, very difficult. So you have to create this constant social presence. And probably as you know, And that's how I found you through Twitter, actually. You connected me on Twitter. I connected you through LinkedIn. But yeah, that's how I found you and found out that you are so uh, famous and have some uh, method to share yeah. with the world. Yeah, so it's a very good example of why this social presence is so important. And that was the third item. And then the fourth item that they told me was that you need to have a book, that you need to have not just a book, but you need to have a hard cover copy of a book, particularly because we, <laughs> we deal with executives. So we wrote our book. The first edition was, came out about 10 years ago, and the second edition came out about uh, seven or eight years ago. And I have to say of anything that we had done to start up the business uh, and you know, keep it running for the last 12 years, having that book, you know, we wrote the yeah. book called The Leader of Oz. which was, we took the story of the Wizard of Oz and we wrote a business parable. Yeah, um, I love this uh, name. And uh, we'll put a link to the book in the show notes of this interview. Oh, thanks so much. No, thank you. I didn't read it, but I love, I'm going uh, to read it, but I, I love the name, uh, The Leaders of Oz. It, yeah, it's, it's worked very, very well because even around, when I've done business with our clients around the world, um, most people have seen the movie, The Wizard of Oz. Sure. And the nice thing is, Because all of the characters in the book uh, parallel exactly the characters in The mm. Wizard of Oz, uh, you know how they're going to react. And we just changed the name slightly. We had some fun with it. It's, it's really a business parable about a company that gets whisked out of Kansas and dropped into Silicon Valley. And you have the wicked VP from the East and the wicked VP. So, so the character types are all the same. So you know how they're going to react. Wow. So that made it very easy for us to... write the, the book and we use it as a foundation for a lot of the leading what we call leading forward Academy which is our leadership programs that run anywhere between four to nine months or so so that was the fourth item and then the fifth item which was really interesting and in a discussion that I have with most people that are looking to leave the corporate world um, and do something different on their own the, the fifth item is that you Uh, everyone told us that is you need to have you need to be well capitalized you need to have enough money placed away that you can you should plan uh, for 18 months to 24 months mm. to be able to make no no money doing consulting whatsoever and and if you do that's that, that's an advantage right just think of that as a, a windfall or a, or a bonus but they said you have to be able to say to yourself I am willing to take a two years of my salary and invest it in self and my company to build the company so that you can do it right. And wow. most, I think if you look at most startups, particularly consultancies that I'd say uh, from what I remember about the statistics is I think it's about 85% go out of business in the first two years or so yeah. because 
one, they don't have the other four elements, or they have the other four elements, but they don't have um, enough money to kind of sustain the business. That's right. So, That's so right. I, yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, or we made sure with all of our the other two individuals when we left the corporate world together that we had enough money. Um, and one of the advantages for for me was that as a professor at the universities. I could be doing some evening classes once or twice a week, hmm. and that would generate a nice sustainable income just to pay the, the basic bills and so forth. So I didn't really have to worry too much, and the, my other uh, colleagues were the same. Wow. First of all, I think it's amazing five yeah. factors, and I wish I could get them all before I established my business and mm-hmm. My entrepreneurship and had to find it by my own it's it's really great Diana Luzano realized that small businesses and entrepreneurs can really benefit from social media therefore she left the corporate world and started to help businesses directly Diana Luzano has been in the social media and digital marketing world for over seven years She is the co-founder of Supremacy Marketing, a boutique social media marketing firm based in New York City who manages the social media presence of clients mainly, but not only, from the hospitality and restaurants markets. Her experience ranges in creating social media strategies and consulting for both B2C and B2B brands to help them stand out and break through digital walls for ongoing success. She blogs at Darilu.com, where she provides social media tips, resources, and courses. You can see her work published in Social Media Week, Social Media Today, and Agora Pulse blog. Dariana Lozano, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm so great, and I'm so happy to talk with you. I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Sure. Um, so it's a pleasure to be here on the show. I'm honored that he asked me to talk with you and your audience. Mm. Uh, so I've been in social media marketing for about eight years now. Um, I started off in the corporate world and I went to agencies and I felt that social media was Was a little bit of an afterthought you know people would bring me in last minute into meetings and hmm. just asking for a lot of things and they didn't really understand social media and what I could do and I got a little bit frustrated and I just <laughs> that I just wanted to do this on my own and work with companies that I wanted to work with and work more one-on-one with people and really help them understand social media so that it's not the last thing they think about but uh, something that they think about you In the beginning when they want to create a campaign or have a business or a product that they want to market so I started my business about four years ago with my partner and we help entrepreneurs small businesses large businesses we basically help anyone who wants to be on social media and when we talk about social media how would you define it what is social media for you because there are so many ways to look at it and I have my own <laughs> way and my own beliefs in it and I am really curious to hear how you see it yeah so for me social media kind of even the playing field for everyone um, I believe that it's a great platform if you 
you, you know, thought that you couldn't do something. Now we're seeing people just following their passions because they were sharing it. And it was just that simple. It's become a little bit more difficult now because it's so accessible. Everyone has access to it on their phones, on their computers. But I really do think that it evens the playing field for people that really want to get out there and start their own business or are passionate about something. You're starting to see all these new careers blossom from this thing that was just supposed to be for fun and for mm-hmm. staying connected with your friends and family. So I just I really think it's, it's a big equalizer and it gives a lot of opportunities. And when you're working with companies or with entrepreneurs and startups, what part are you taking in their marketing? What do you do under this definition of social media? Right. So we start off basically just uh, creating or helping these businesses figure out who they are online and how they're projecting that message visually and obviously with their copy and captions to their audience. Uh, ends up happening is we become more integrated in the rest of the business and I've always said this that social media is not like a silo like it becomes part of everything that you do so we you're basically the first point of contact between the customers and the business so you get feedback directly from customers so we end up giving suggestions for uh, production whether that's you know a flavor of something or you know um, some aspect of Of a product that people didn't think about oh, we be oh sorry yes we become really integrated into each part of the business parts that we didn't think we'd be a part of so um, in product production we start handling customer service sometimes so it becomes a lot more than just social media we really help the business grow and develop new products or you know just go in directions they didn't see before I'm a great believer in social media. Since 2009, when I first found out about Michael Stelzner, who has been in uh, this um, podcast, of course, as well. Yeah. You know, I used to handle more than $10 million on TV and other campaigns in the traditional world. Yeah. As I told you, most of our listeners are entrepreneurs and startup founders and I like to ask you what would be your best advice to them regarding customer focus and the way you should approach your customers yeah so I think you as an entrepreneur a small business you have to be very um, clear about who you are so that you can project to your potential customers or your ideal customer uh, in the right way and that you're speaking to the The person that you want to speak to I know sometimes people will try to talk to everyone but that doesn't always work so just be clear on who you are and be clear on who your customer is and it makes the process a lot easier and that's not the easiest process to go through figuring out who you want to work with or who your target customer is but it's it's worthwhile sitting down with your team if you have a team or um, just sitting down with yourself and really thinking about who Who you are and what the image that you want to project is like what what do you want people to see you as and really what makes you stand apart from every other business there's 10 you know there's I live in New York City so we have you know hundreds of thousands of sandwich shops but you have to think of which one makes, of course. You know, every everyone is a little bit different so one might do subs really well or you know it's just you just need to find what differentiates you as well can you give me an example of A company that you works with or 
company that found out more clearly who they are than they were before. Yeah, so, you know, it, it kind of happens with a lot of the brands you work with because we push them. We, we push them to figure that out because if they don't know that, then we can't correctly put the image that they want on social media. So we tend to walk with them through. We tend to work with every business to kind of ask them who you are, what's the voice of your company, are you more fun, are you more laid back, uh, you know, who are we talking to, who's your target customer, where, where do they hang out, what books are they reading, do they listen to music, what kind of music is that, so even things that seem very small and that don't matter, they do, because we can use all that information, the more information we have, the better, hmm. so I kind of go through the process with, with every business. <laughs> When Roy Sutton left his executive positions in the international telecom industry, he naturally focused on consultancy work. However, in consultancy work, you're providing a service one-to-one. Therefore, he started creating websites targeting specific solutions for people who look for them. Roy Sutton is an experienced C-level executive, board director, and former CEO with a broad knowledge base and understanding of business as well as telecommunication and digital media. Based in London, Roy is currently a business consultant, blogger, public speaker, and entrepreneur using his skills and experience to help people make the most of their lives. His objectives are achieved by creating digital products designed to offer people solutions to the many common problems they face. Roy Sutton, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. It's so great we are talking and it's so great I'm talking with somebody that is in the morning while I am in the morning. <laughs> Usually I talk with uh, people either from Australia or from the States or from um, Taiwan few. So I rarely at the same time zone or almost at the same time zone with my guests. I just shared with our listeners what you have done until now. And I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Okay, well, what I'm really passionate about today is um, or where my real interest is right now is digital media and using digital media for marketing purposes. My company, originally, I set my company up to sort of exploit my own sort of know-how, skills and business contacts. Sure. And I was focused primarily on consultancy work. And to some extent, I, I, I still am. But I recognized that the problem with consultancy work ultimately is you're providing a service one-to-one. Right. So it's very difficult to scale that up, whereas I realized that with digital products and, and marketing them through digital media, you have the opportunity to serve one-to-many. That's right. You don't have to sell only your hours. This is the smart passive income, isn't it? Absolutely. And of course, the thing about the internet and online marketing is that firstly, with websites, you have a global reach and they're always open. You don't need premises. You don't need an inventory. 
and your overheads are, are fairly low. Um, you have to maintain a website, obviously, or, or a number of websites. Uh, you have to host them, but mostly your overheads are, are relatively low. That's right. So I've gradually moved away from, or, or I am gradually moving away from, a pure consultancy play to creating digital products and offering solutions to, to my target customers based on my own knowledge and experience. My background in it is in the telecom industry, the international telecom industry. Yeah. But, but also I realized that whilst I know a lot about the telecom sector, uh, which I'm knowing a lot about the technology has really helped with things like developing websites and so on, because I, you know, I have a lot of good technical skills from my background. But also, over time, you learn an awful lot about an awful lot. You know, you develop skills when, when you're running a business. I was originally, or I was previously the CEO of a national telecom operator. Oh. And when you're running a business like that, you learn an awful lot about people. You learn an awful lot about marketing. You learn an awful lot about sales. Definitely. Uh, you learn an awful lot about business generally. And um, tailoring your products as solutions to customer problems. I realize I can sort of harness my the sort of wider knowledge I have to create digital products to to make money online. So I started by creating websites, offering or targeting specific solutions for people. So for instance, mm -hmm. one of the websites I created was self-help website. Mm -hmm. What is that website about? It was actually the first website I created and I called it Wit and Wisdom. And part of it was to offer a humor to people, but mostly it was intended to inspire people that were self-improvers, that wanted to better themselves, but didn't or weren't quite sure how to get started. So essentially, I take questions that people will be asking. So for instance, how to improve low self-esteem or how to find the, the right job for me or, or for an individual. So I take specific questions like that and I create answers that I hope will help people. And as part of that, I will try and offer them uh, resources. Hmm. Uh, and this is where I would make money in, in, um, in terms of affiliate sales, offer resources that would help them. So for instance, if they're looking for inspirational audio programs, then I would try and point them in that direction. But obviously, as part of that, providing links to, to those resources, I would ultimately be looking to make money through affiliate sales. It's very interesting because magazines used to have all of these advices. In a way, you took this part and built a whole site around that. If I would ask you to give your advice, what would be your best advice to entrepreneurs and to any startup founder or even to those self-improvement people that just starting to build something new? What would be your best advice to them? Your point about self-improvers is very important because really we're all little companies in our own right. We're all trying to serve other people because money really is just the way we keep score. This work, if you like, is just providing a service to other people in exchange for money. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, in providing a service, whether you're a business or whether you're individual, for me, it starts with trying to see the world through the customer's eyes. 
putting yourself in the, the customer's shoes, trying to understand their pain points and trying to understand how your products will alleviate those pain points. You can't see my smile right now, but I have a very bright smile because you know all what I'm doing during the last 10 years with entrepreneurs and startup founders and what this podcast is all about is about being customer focused and it's so great. A lot of people are saying it, but not as bright as you do. So thank you for that. I'm, uh, I'm so happy with that. <laughs> You're very kind. Thank you. Yeah, so I think the, the key thing is that your products must solve problems for customers. So you, you must have some idea of, of what those problems are. And certainly if you're trying to make a sale to me as an individual, I'm always much more impressed if you thought about my needs and you can explain to me how your product might help me in alleviating a problem or eliminating a problem, if you like, uh, reducing a pain point, removing a headache. Mm-hmm. I think all of those things are important. I think in terms of approaching customers to make sales, I think the key thing is to try and capture buying intent. I think one of the most inefficient means of selling to me is cold calling. Uh, because generally speaking, if somebody cold calls me, I will just say, look, I'm busy. I'm sorry. I haven't got time for this. Whereas if you, if you can capture buying intent, you're much more likely to, to get a warm customer sure. that will, will give you a better chance to make a sale. So, for instance, in my consultancy services, if I read an article in the press that a particular company has just won a big contract in a country that I have direct experience of, then I would write to the company and I would... Put together a proposition that essentially said I read recently that you've got this particular contract in this particular country you might find you need somebody that can provide your logistical support on the ground with an appropriate network of contracts and so on and so forth. and by tailoring a response or tailoring a pitch if you like that addresses that recognizes the potential pain points that the customer might have I've found that you're much more likely to receive a response that says, come and talk to us. Sure. We think you might have something and we'd like to understand a bit more about how you can help us. Definitely. Whereas if you just phone somebody and say, hey, I'm a consultant, can I help you? They'll just say, well, thank you, but no thank you because we're busy. The important thing is to go back to my original point, to see the world through the customer's eyes. Hmm. So I love this advice, but I also want to say that what I find very interesting in the things that you are talking about and that you are doing is, you know, we are talking a lot about inbound marketing and attracting those customers that need what we have to offer. And a lot of times we feel, okay, now we have to wait and to write a lot of content and to do a lot of things, but to wait to the customers to come. But actually you are taking an active approach in looking actively for the unmet needs, like with this company, new company that just got the contract with. And you also talked about it when you talked about your sites. You are going out there trying to understand what needs aren't actually getting answer or what problems are not solved yet, and you are giving this solution. So I really love that because you are taking an active approach, but you still all the time only looking from your customer's point of view. So it's beautiful. 
Absolutely. The, the customer ultimately is king and everything that you do must revolve around the customer and satisfying customer needs. If you just produce something in the hope that people might take an interest in it, you might make a sale, but you probably won't. I think the important thing is it all starts with the customer. Hmm. What is it the customer needs? What is it the customer wants? Sure. But the customer doesn't necessarily always know right. what they want. The hidden need, yeah. There's an old saying that says, You can't forecast the number of people that will walk across a bridge by counting the number that swam across a river. Hmm. You know, when you have revolutionary change, people that wouldn't have dreamed of swimming across the river will think, hang on, I can walk across the bridge. I'll, I think I will. So sometimes you can be innovative and create something that will attract customers. Sometimes you can anticipate a, a problem that customers don't even know they've got. That's right. It still always starts with the customer. The last successful entrepreneur I would like to talk with in this episode is Deepak Shukla. Deepak started his entrepreneurial journey from his mother's home. He learned about his customers' needs and built a very successful agency focusing on SEO. In addition to the agency, Deepak became a very meaningful influencer in the social media world. Deepak Shukla is the founder and CEO of Pearl Lemon, a four-time award-winning SEO agency in London. Deepak bootstrapped the business from his mom's place to a £250,000 company in less than 24 months. He has since gone on to invest in algorithmic trading launch five-figure online courses, and continue to grow. Deepak has been featured in TEDx, SEMrush, BBC, Chelsea FC, AppSumo, Bright Talks, and more. When he is not running his agency, you will find him running marathons, 25 so far, completing Ironman, 2 so far, getting inked 40% body coverage, or playing with his cat, Jenny. Deepak Shukla, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hey, hi. I'm, I'm really excited to be here with you as well. It's so great to have you here. You know, I've been following some of the things you're doing and you have such a unique way of doing things. So I'm really <laughs> so curious and, and expecting this interview. Uh, and it's great you're here. And Thank you. <laughs> And I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Oh, wow. What a fantastic question. I, I, I'm passionate about helping people, Hyatt. I think that everybody has the you know, ability to unleash greatness within their lives. The, the way that you know, I'm serving businesses today is through my agency, Pearl Lemon. We specialize in helping companies make sure that they get enough visibility on Google for keyword terms that can really get the right people to their doorstep. That's what I do today. What I, or where I'm headed, um, which was the second part of your, your question, right. was that Pearl Lemon is, is, is really, you know, there's now Pearl Lemon videos. We're, we're in the midst of releasing Pearl Lemon reviews. 
I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to build a, a foundation from which we can really spread, you know, our message about accelerated growth within not only the businesses that we run, but within our own lives. And that's hopefully where I'm headed. Wow. So you're working on your own growth right now. You're helping people to grow and you're working on your own growth as well. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. I, I think that it's really important, number one, to practice what we preach. Um, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very, very big on that. Um, and the, also to, to, to see, you know, how can we leverage the, the, the superpowers that we all have to help people You know as, as many people as, as we possibly can um, and so to that end you know the the SEO agency that I run today really um, is ground zero for everything else that's going to follow and the base that we're going to center a lot of other things around you know you are an entrepreneur yourself and I'm sure you're working with entrepreneurs as well can you share with us what would be your best advice for To any entrepreneur regarding customer focus, customer approach, marketing or sales? Be your own devil's advocate. I, I always think that you should try and almost, and this really relates to the sales process. The, okay, the number one thing that anyone as an entrepreneur needs to be able to do, you need to be able to get money in the bank. You have to be able to, to, to sell your proposition and sell. The way that you really do that is to be able to answer any question anyone throws at you. And for me, those questions are really, well, do you have a case study? Yes. What format are the case studies in? Any format you want. We've got video. We've got PDF. We've got spreadsheets. We've got fancy documents. Great. Do you have someone I can speak to? Yeah, you could reach out to Hyatt right now. Here's a LinkedIn profile. I'll also do an email intro. What would you prefer? Brilliant. Brilliant. You should be able to answer all of those kinds of questions in any conversation that you go into because you know a, a lot of people will falter and fluster here and I just do believe in today's age it's, it's it's very very easy to spot someone where you know the numbers don't quite make sense or things don't quite stack up and the presence of competition is is so developed that you know you need to make sure that you have left no stone unturned. When you go into these conversations and and the way that you do that actually is by asking you know well would i would I be satisfied with that answer? Does that answer make sense and 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 certainly you know if you can begin to make sure that you've covered off every answer you 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 very quickly begin to differentiate yourself and and this has been the way that we've you know begun to win awards we've won three now in our in our first year as an s e o only agency. And um, I think that, you know, more, I'd love for more and more people to, you know, copy me. Hmm. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but what I just heard in your advice is also talking to the customer or to the one who is asking you the question, wherever they want you to be. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. I, I said, and you also talked about it. You said, I can find them through LinkedIn. I can find them through the phone. I can send them WhatsApp. I mean, you are very flexible in the way you are communicating with people. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a great believer in adaptability, Hyatt. So what will be your best advice? People, I, I, I get really frustrated because people want to, everybody makes excuses. And, and I think that you need to be unreasonable in your pursuit of success and unreasonable in, in the level of, 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 of quality that you bring to the table. 
And and what I mean by that is, you know, I I I, I come across people all the time. I you know, I work with others who'll say, oh. You know, have you heard back from David? And they'll say, well, no, I'm still waiting for a response to my email. And I'll say, how long has it been? And they'll say 24, like 48 hours. I'll say, well, why didn't you call? And he'll say, hmm. oh, well, I'm waiting for him to respond. I was like, why are you waiting for him to respond? Why don't you just call him? Hmm. So what's the issue here? You, you can ring someone and it takes five minutes. There's other examples of where they'll say, well, um, you know, the, the client did not provide the content, the blog content to for, for us that we needed. And I'd say, well, why did you just assume that they would do what they'd say they do? That's your fault for making an assumption that people follow through. Do you follow through on your New Year's resolutions? Do you follow through on your fitness, weight, diet, goal plans? <laughs> you probably don't do half the things that you say. So why do you expect someone else to do the things they'll say they do? It's it's very naive. I, you know, this kind of thing happens all of the time. And and you, you, you can give these excuses to the world. You can give these excuses to your colleague. Oh, I didn't hear back from them from my proposal. Or they said, and I said, okay, so did you follow up? Well, well no, they just said it wasn't quite what they were looking for. And I said, well, why didn't you find out exactly what you what they mean? This is your biggest opportunity of learning. You learn nothing from the people that say yes to you. You learn absolutely nothing. You learn everything from people that re that reject you, that don't reply, that don't follow up, that ignore you, that that say that that you know your report was rubbish. One one of our one of our best clients right now came as a consequence of an initial report where he on the call said to me, "Deepak, your proposal was rubbish." Oh, <laughs> and he said it straight to me to my face, and he. You know, I said, you know what, now that I've spoken to you, Leo, I completely agree. It's really not good. Can I have a second chance to show you what I'm made of? And he said, okay, I'll give you another shot. We went away. I produced another report. He said, okay, this is better, but I've still got this problem. I've still got that problem. We've now kicked off the project. There's been promises that they've made that they have not delivered upon, but we're still getting results because, you know, you, you, you have to go in to every conversation and, and, and expect that things won't go your way, that expect that you won't get the you know deliverables that you request. And if you can still win in an environment like that, then you're gonna be the biggest, baddest, best person out there. And, and the reality is higher is that most people, most of the time will say, oh, this happened, or oh, they didn't do what they said they would, or oh. And, and they get into this kind of excuses mentality. And what we all really want to be is that person who can deliver upon what we said, no matter what wow. happens, no matter what, even if the website breaks, even if the website goes down, even if, you know, because that's how you truly become indispensable. Wow. And how, how did it happen? How did you start? First of all, I have two questions because it's quite difficult to be there all the time. So you will have to, mm. to answer these two questions. But the first one is, how did it happen? What was the moment when you decided that you are not going to give any excuses to yourself? And do you talk only about work or in serv your services or other places as well? Uh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean this in regards to life. I think that people need to be unreasonable in their pursuit and their approach for the things that they want. I think that, you know, one of the issues I've had in my personal relationship is that... Um, You know, Daniela has said that, you know, I sometimes I'm in a constant state of distraction because work has consumed me. So I think that irrespective of what my ego will tell me about, oh, well, you know, I want to pay the bills. Or, oh, well, work is busy. Or, oh, you know, this is kind of the excuses mentality that people get into. And, and instead, 
you know, what, what, what I have done is that, you know, I've booked in to go and see a relationship coach to talk to them to see if there's, cause I don't know what I don't know. I've also Googled best books on making a relationship work. And I've bought two books from Audible and I'm going to read them. And then also I'm, you know, I'm planning into my diary since my diary controls my life, sure. 10 minutes of focus time where I can think about cool things that we could do together. And, 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 you know, that, that, that approach I think is something that everybody, uh, you know, should take. And you no, know, I fail sometimes, you know, Daniela's probably right to that extent that I am distracted and <laughs> you know what, it's completely fair. And I think that people, we, and as I did, I, I sometimes allow my ego or my pride to really get in the way of actually hearing what's happening and understanding the situation and then, you know, not making excuses for myself. I got an accountability coach because I wanted to push myself and it was only because, you know, I got this coach after a 12 hour day, I went and did a 100 kilometer bike ride wow. and ordinarily I would never have done something like that. But because I had a coach who I said that if I don't do this, I need to send you, you know, a few hundred euro, uh, a few hundred pounds, then, then, mm -hmm. then you need to find ways to raise the bar and you need to build mechanisms in into your life to, 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 to do that. Relying on our willpower is just nonsense. That's the other thing. You can't will things into existence. You have to create mechanisms. You know, we are still cavemen. Our actual impulses are really ultimately controlled by our amygdala. We have a fight <laughs> or flight response. You have to build in fear. You have to fear the repercussions of not doing something because then you will truly discover what you're capable of. And in doing that, that's how I've discovered I can wake up at 7 a.m., run 13 miles before I have breakfast without any water, no banana, start my day, have breakfast at 11, continue and have a 12-hour day and then go for a run again. And I, I only discovered these things because I had a coach who I'd have to give money to. And I felt like that was pissing money in the wind. Hmm. So then I thought, wow, you know, I, I, I am capable of so much more. And, and you know, it, it, and it's normal. Let, let's also, it's, it's normal because we spend... 90% of our time listening to stuff on the media, oh, this happened in, you know, this country, or there was this bombing, or in Manchester, there was a stabbing on New Year's Eve. And then also outside of that, you spend your time around other people who will collude with you in accepting your limitations, who will say, oh, yeah, no, I understand. It's normal that I didn't respond. Oh, yeah, no, I understand. It makes sense. They didn't like your proposal. Wow. It's very impressive. And I, we've never uh, got this advice. Because I think no one was willing to commit to do everything it takes. And that's what you're saying. So um, I love that. Thank you for listening. I hope each of you found in this episode something you can take to your business. While you can't change the way you started your entrepreneurial journey, you can learn from these four entrepreneurs Focus on your customers and find the biggest opportunities to take your business to the next levels. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.